0: i'm martha baker with the baker ranch in cold spring texas you're listening to the latest news in texas agriculture on texas ag today
1: welcome to texas ag today a daily look at the latest news in texas agriculture texas ag today is produced by the texas farm bureau radio network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Kerry Martin.
2: Hello Texas, we are once again, locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've gotta do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're gonna take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture in the news today we seem to have a better year ahead for hay production here in texas of course last year was awful with the drought but good rains this spring in many areas of the state have definitely improved hay production prospects we'll take a look at that coming up to kick off today's show my name is carrie martin i'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the lone star state And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Legislation passed in the Texas legislature that would require electric vehicle owners to pay a fee goes to the governor's desk. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have a report from the state capitol on Texas Ag Today. The
3: state of the beef packing business was among the big topics at the recent Hemp Hill County Beef Conference. I'm James Hunt, and you'll hear from an industry leader on Texas Ag Today.
4: Industrial hemp is set to be ginned at a plant near Wichita Falls later this year. Hello, I'm Barry Mahler, and I have the story in today's report from the Rolling Plains.
2: We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Growing hay was a major challenge during the drought last year, but prospects are looking better for this summer in east Texas through the big country. Tommy Henderson is a cattle producer near Wichita Falls. He says he doesn't need to see a repeat of last year.
4: And The hay situation last year was just terrible. Uh, thank goodness we had a little help to get some trucked into here because we wound up having to go to North Dakota pick some up. And uh, we had several trucks running back
2: and forth trying to get hay here into Clay County.
4: I think we've got a lot better chance of it this year. You know, if we can get an inch and a half or, you know, an inch, inch and a half, maybe even two inches here in the next two or three, four days, I think we'll be in pretty good shape again for a while.
2: Over in East Texas, the prospects are very good as spring rains have ended the drought and cattlemen are already seeing green growth in pastures and hay meadows, according to Jimmy Reed, a cattleman near Palestine.
4: It looks like we're going to have a pretty decent hay year, uh, at least so far. That's the way it looks. Fertilizer prices are down uh, considerably from last year. The past year was really uh, hay was really short, and there was a lot of hay that that went out of here going to West Texas. And uh, it looks like we're going to have a good hay crop this year, and hopefully we'll keep getting the rains that will that will
2: help that. Both Henderson and Reed say recent rain has made them very optimistic about the rest of this year. Over half of the states in America have made some type of move to restrict foreign ownership of agricultural land in their state.
5: In 2023, there have been about 32 states that have proposed at least some measure that would restrict foreign ownership of ag land. For there to be this issue going on in 32 states tells you it's pretty prevalent.
2: That's Texas A&M Agricultural Law Specialist Tiffany dowell Lashmet.
5: Generally speaking, these are laws that will somehow restrict foreign ownership of land in the state. Like I can say the details vary. So some of them apply only to foreign governments. Some apply to governments, businesses, and individuals. Some apply to foreign individuals from all countries. Some specify certain countries. Some apply to ag land, some apply to all land. Depending on how the law is structured, it can really have a big effect on ag producers.
2: The Texas legislature is currently debating a bill that would prohibit companies and other entities from China, Iran, North Korea, and Russia from buying real estate property here in Texas. Legislation has passed in the state legislature that would require electric vehicle owners to pay a fee. Tom Nicoletti goes to the state capitol for the story. We go to Austin, and Joy Davis joins us. She is Texas Farm Bureau Associate Legislative Director. And Joy, uh, there are bills uh, that have passed both in the Senate and in the House regarding electric vehicle owners and uh, them paying a fee. Uh, explain uh, the legislation and uh, where it goes from here.
5: Absolutely, Tom. It's Senate Bill 505, and it authored by Senator Robert Nichols from Jacksonville, Texas, and it passed the Senate. And then past the House, it was offered by Representative Terry Canales of Edinburgh. Both of those guys serve as chairman of the Transportation Committee in each chamber. But what the bill does is it defines what an electric vehicle is, which is a motor vehicle that has a gross weight of 10,000 pounds or less and uses electricity as its only source of motor power they will be required to pay a registration fee of $400 on new vehicles for the two-year registration you usually get, and then $200 every year after that.
2: And this is to help uh, maintain roads since they would not be paying a gasoline tax?
5: Yes, the reasoning behind it is, Proponents say that internal combustion vehicles, or what we use gas and diesel in, are paying a tax that helps maintain and improve roads. And electric vehicles, by not using any gas, are not contributing, but they are utilizing and using up those roads. So the fees that they would pay as this registration would go directly into the state highway fund for those repairs and maintenance. With the bill passing both chambers, it now heads to Governor Abbott's desk for his signature.
2: That is Joy Davis, Texas Farm Bureau Associate Legislative Director in Austin. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The state of the beef packing business was a big topic at the recent Hemp Hill County Beef Conference. James Hunt attended the conference and has this report.
3: Profit margins for beef packers nationwide were pretty high not too long ago, but
6: Trevor Cavanus, president of Cavanus Beef Packers, says things have changed. The trajectory is getting back to normal. Um, I say normal the past 40 years prior to the last five years, where packer margins were traditionally less than $100 a head to negative $100 ahead. We are in that environment today.
3: What was about the highest that was seen?
6: The highest that was seen was right in the middle of COVID, six, seven, eight hundred $800 per head was the high. But that was due to the bottleneck that happened as a result of labor shortages and throughput.
3: And so now uh, the labor shortage issue, you feel like that's pretty well resolved these days?
6: It not totally resolved. It's much better than it was. We are getting back to a more normal, I guess, workforce. There's still a lot of turnover in our industry that we continue to work on but it's a lot better than it was during the COVID years.
3: A major factor in the tightening of margins for beef packing plants is of course, the dramatic reduction in the nation's cattle supply, which has forced cattle prices way up in recent months. And the price pressure for
6: packers could become greater as new buyers enter the market. There's six to eight new plants in the pipeline that are proposed or already being built. And will come online in the next three to five years. My
3: conversation with Trevor Kavanis took place at the recent Texas A&M AgriLife Hemp Hill County Beef Conference in Canadian, where he was among the presenters. Cavanus Beef Packers is a family-owned business with plants in Hereford and Amarillo. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: The industrial hemp processing plant near Wichita Falls will start operations later this year. Barry Mahler has an update from the Texas Rolling Plains. A group of civic leaders from the Wichita Falls area were given a tour
4: recently of the Panda Biotech Industrial Hemp Jet, located just north of Wichita Falls on I-44. The large campus will be home to a waste-free hemp gen in the near future. Now, this has been a two-year-plus journey with many twists and turns, but the very specialized equipment is being installed and should be processing hemp fiber later in 2023. The process to get here sort of unfolds as a which-comes-first, the the chicken-or-the-egg story that began back in 2018. The 2018 Farm Bill legalized the growing of industrial hemp in the United States for the first time since it was outlawed in 1937. The approval came with many restrictions from both federal and state regulators, but the door was finally opened to at least begin research on growing the plant that's gaining in demand worldwide. There is research going on now with a good program in Lubbock headed up by Dr. Trotzel, so progress is being made, but hey, let's get back to the chicken and egg story. Now, there's been interest from farmers here on the Rolling Plains in the crop as a rotation crop. We when you don't know what variety to plant, when to plant it, what fertilizer to use, what kind of weed control is needed, it's hard to get it going. Now, you combine that where on the processing side, you know, they've got to provide a market and also the processing facility. So they didn't really want to invest a lot of money in a processing plant when we didn't necessarily have anything to process. So... Once again, which comes first? Do you learn how to grow it? Do you learn how to process it? Well, Pandal Biotech has reached out and said we have long-term faith in the product and the producers in Texas to make this large investment. It's been a while coming, and it'll be a slow start with still some missing pieces of the puzzle. There is product on location to process and more being planted, even though it's mostly small acres. Now, a few things that could help move it along are inclusion of industrial hemp and the federal crop insurance program in the next farm bill, and certainly getting the processing plant online will be a huge step in encouraging acres. So maybe we're approaching the time and we can find out which comes first. And it just may be that they both come along at the same time. Reporting from North Central Texas, I'm Barry Maurer for Texas Ag Today.
7: The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is proposing nine new chronic wasting disease surveillance zones. I'm Jessica Dolmol and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today.
2: And a supplement was recently tested to see if it would lower insulin levels in horses. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
1: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. A supplement
2: was recently tested to see if it would lower the insulin level in horses to help prevent
0: laminitis. Dr. Bob Judd takes a look at the study. High insulin levels are found in most of the horses that develop laminitis. And laminitis is an extremely painful condition. That affects the horse's feet. Methods of lowering insulin levels are to feed low-carbohydrate feeds and decrease or prevent pasture access. However, some horses still seem to have increased insulin levels in the blood. A drug called metformin has been used to decrease insulin concentration, but has not been very effective as it is poorly absorbed in the horse. A recent study performed at Michigan State University tested a supplement called Insulin Wise that contains a chemical called resveratrol and the amino acid leucine. Veritrol was tested separately and was effective at decreasing insulin, but the dosage was so high it was impractical in horses, so leucine was added to see if it would act synergistically to lower insulin. Fifteen adult horses with insulin resistance were fed the supplement for six weeks and were retested for insulin resistance with an oral sugar test. Adiponectin is a chemical that increases with insulin sensitivity, and 10 of the 15 horses had increased adiponectin concentrations and lowered insulin levels, while five of the horses did not have lowered insulin levels. The supplement was very palatable, and all the horses in the study lost weight, but body score was unchanged, suggesting the weight loss was due to the loss of internal fat. It is possible that some horses on insulin-wise may lose weight and have a lower insulin level, which aids in preventing laminitis. However, testing your horse two months after feeding the supplement is recommended to see if your horse responds. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Parks and
2: Wildlife Department is proposing nine new chronic wasting disease surveillance zones. Jessica Domel has the story in today's wildlife report.
7: On our last two shows, we told you about proposed changes to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's Chronic Wasting Disease Standard Operating Procedures. Along with those proposed changes, the department is also proposing nine new CWD surveillance zones impacting eight counties where CWD was recently discovered in deer breeding facilities. The new surveillance zones will be in Gillespie, Limestone, Uvalde, Zavala, Gonzales, Hamilton, Washington, and Frio Counties. Surveillance zones were established in Gillespie and Limestone counties in 2022 with an emergency order after the disease was found in breeding facilities there. That emergency rule expired in March. This proposal would establish surveillance zones in both counties in accordance with the proposed rule changes. Under the new rules, the surveillance zones in Duval, Medina, Bandera, and Uvalde counties would be reduced to be consistent with the new rules. A surveillance zone currently in place in Uvalde County would be split into two smaller zones surrounding breeding facilities where CWD was detected. The Texas Register reports deer from those facilities were not liberated to release sites and no additional CWD positive deer have been detected. TPWD is also proposing an amendment that would allow them to place mandatory deer check stations outside of a surveillance zone if there's not a public location to place a check station within the zone. Another proposed change would allow hunters to take Take the head of CWD-susceptible species outside of a surveillance zone to a check station if one is not available within the zone. That would only be allowed if the head is moved immediately via the quickest route available to the nearest check station. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domo. We saw a mixed trade
2: in the cattle and corn markets on Friday, but cotton and wheat finished higher. We'll look back at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
4: Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years.
1: We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today.
2: It was a bit of a rough week for the cattle trade last week. Live cattle futures traded both sides of the market. We had mixed closes throughout the week. We wrapped it up that way with April live cattle going off the board down 27 cents, 175.17, the June up 27, 165.47. August live cattle down 7 at 16377. Feeder cattle finished lower on Friday. May feeders down 55 cents at 21097. August feeder cattle down 85 to 3072. The September down 72 cents at 23380. Cash fed cattle trade wrapping up last week a bit lower here in Texas. We sold cattle on a live basis at 173. That is 2 bucks lower than the previous week. Up north, feedlots in Iowa and Nebraska selling dress cattle mostly 283 to 285. That's three to five bucks lower than the previous week. Boxed beef prices mixed. Friday choice up six cents at 31113. Select down 62, 28847. Now let's check the sale barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble.
8: My guest, Benny Cox, producers in Cargill San Angelo, sold sheep on Tuesday. Benny, how did they sell? We had seventy-six ninety for our sales. You'll remember last week we had 8100 The market uh, fell off a good deal. We ended up uh, with a, a good many of these really good uh, wool feeder lambs uh, yesterday. You know, we had a bunch last week. They were 10 to $20 lower. A lot of those lambs were really big. Uh, the, the slaughter hair sheep type, they were 15 to 25 lower. He had use. Uh, they were kind of on the weak side, maybe $5 lower. Kid goats, 5 to 10 lower. Slaughter nannies, they sell in a race from $1.62, but mostly 131 to 147 That was a tip lower than last week. Slaughter dailies, 180 to 250 All those wool figure lambs, they sold in a race. Some of those real big lambs actually they weighed 115 pounds. They bring 179 and then some lighter weights all the way up to $205. And the uh, lot of these uh, slaughter air sheep from $2 to 239 with with heavier weights, 140 all the way up to 216 on the slaughter youths, they sell in a range 70 to 107, but mostly 82 to 94. Kid goats, 240 to 418, but mostly 320 uh, to 376. We had a good many goats last week or yesterday. You know, we've been talking about it last month or so. We've got a real low percentage of goats showing up. We had some really good top end and still seeing, you know, seeing the, a number of those really good top end, fleshy 55 to 62, three pound goats bring up there in that $4, a little over. Tell everybody how to contact your Benny Cox. They can call me on my mobile. It's 325-234-4277. The office is the same area code, 653-3371. think I always look at the web, which is producersandcardial.com. Neighbor, you've been listening to Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: I'm your host, Larry Marble. You're listening to the program now on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market. Now we're lean hogs finished strongly higher on Friday. May hogs up a dollars 79.65 June contract up $1.60 at at ninety-one seventy. Class three milk was mixed. April milk unchanged eighteen sixty-two a hundred weight on very light volume as it wraps up the month. The May contract down eleven at sixteen eighty a hundred weight. The cotton market put in a higher close on Friday. Traders squaring up their positions at the end of the month. Also some support coming from stronger outside markets. We finished with July cotton up 40 points at 80.80. October cotton up 71.81.75. The December contract up 45 at 81.10 cents. Mixed close in the corn market. The old crop contract's getting support from EPA's announcement that E-15 sales will be allowed this summer. May corn finishing nine cents higher, six thirty-six a bushel, July up three and a half, five eighty-five, with September corn down two cents, five twenty-eight and three quarters. The wheat market finally decided to bounce back after a brutal week or so of trading. We've watched this market drop over a dollar in the last week or so, most of that being blamed on good rains from here in Texas all the way up through Oklahoma, Kansas, and Colorado. July Kansas City wheat, Friday up 11 cents, closing the week at 776 and a quarter. July Chicago wheat up four and a half, 633 and three quarters. In the energy markets, June natural gas was up four cents at 240. June West Texas crude up $1.93, 76.69 a barrel. The financial markets higher Friday afternoon, the Dow up 244 points at 34,070, the Nasdaq up 71, 12,213, the S&P up 30 at 4,165. That wraps up our look at the markets and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest
1: state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.